episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sandborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellers is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sandborn's Boys today. Andre Markov retired a couple days ago, officially. He spent the last three seasons playing in the KHL after a pretty, uh, pretty displeasing departure from the Canadians, at least from our point of view. Uh, he, I think the his first initial ask was like a six million AAV in the tw- summer of twenty seventeen, and Mark Bergman didn't want to give it to him and ended up leaving. And uh, I don't think we've come within six million dollars of the of the cap since then. So so that's not a very fortunate set of circumstances. But I do have lots of ton of great memories watching Andre Markov play. I feel like because obviously he was on the team before I really became a fan, so I kind of didn't really catch him in his prime years but you could still see like the kind of things he had that don't go away with age like you know hockey iq how smart he was all the great vision he had especially on the power play he's one of my one of my favorite players that i've seen come through the canadians yeah absolutely i mean this guy was uh basically a half legend for like the better part of the decade and the way he left totally left a sour taste in my mouth i don't think uh I don't think it was entirely his fault. I think Bergman is to blame there. Uh, you mentioned the cap situation there. Yeah, we took, we could, totally could have signed him, and we ended up doing absolutely nothing with the cap space. Uh, it doesn't roll over like in the NFL, so, I mean, it doesn't do anybody any good. Uh, so, yeah, that definitely wasn't good uh, when he left like that. And, I mean, to be totally honest, we probably could have used the guy for the last few years uh, where he's been to the, in, the, in the KHL. Last I think it was three seasons where he's been in the KHL now, and uh, you talk about his vision. I mean, that's probably... Like the number one trait uh, when I was watching him, right? He just he set up so many goals. Uh, just like this guy was a wizard, especially on the power play, as you mentioned. So yeah, just watching him, just fond memories of, of him just being the number one guy on the back end. He was just so good for so many years, and uh, honestly, he never really disappointed. Yeah, especially considering uh, well, you're, you're saying about the possibility of having kept him in 2017. Especially considering the two main guys on lefty who came in to replace him were Carl Alsner and Mark Streit. Mark Streit, who lasted, I think, about a month before a mutual contract termination. And Carl Alsner, of course, who played with the Canadians for a year and change before being placed on waivers. But I, I have a question about, about Markov. Uh, would you be in favor uh, or opposed to retiring his number 79 within the, the next couple of years? Because I think I would be in favor of that, even though I know... Because obviously, so far, all the Canadians' retired numbers have Stanley Cup rings to their name, and Markov would be the first not to. But I, I feel like that, that would, that's kind of like uh, a new era for the Canadians, where we're going to have to start acknowledging these these great players like Markov, who didn't have Cup rings. And I think Saku Koivu is probably a name that a lot of fans would like to see, maybe up in the rafters as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to change the criteria uh, when it comes to Cup rings, because frankly, uh, this franchise has kind of fallen into a shithole recently, uh, the last 20-something years. And so, yeah, you can't just discount uh, 20 years worth of players because your team couldn't get it together. Your management was has been pretty incompetent the last two decades. So, yeah, absolutely. When it comes to Markov, I think he was a pretty solid face of the franchise. Like, not maybe not the number one guy, but he was like a damn good top three dude in terms of, you know, rec- he was beloved by the city. Uh, so, I mean, when you think of guys in the last, I don't know, 20-something years, uh, you think Koivu because, you know, just the, the connection he had with the city. And you think Markov just because he was there for so long. He was good for so long. And uh, I don't think he's been with any other NHL team. And he was just, it was great with the half the whole time along. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I was actually, I was at the game where, I I actually don't remember who they were playing. But I was at the game where he uh, jumped into, I believe, third on the Canadians all-time leaderboard for points by a defenseman. Which was, uh, which was, and he got quite the ovation. I think that oh, that might have been, uh, yeah, that would have been 2017. That was, I believe, March 2017, a game against the Stars. Uh, that was that that season that they had Radulov. That was, that was a pretty fun season. Last time they made the playoffs, actually, and he got an incredible ovation from the crowd. And also, well, the, the point I'm trying to make is third all time for for defensemen for the for the Canadians in points. So that's obviously uh, above of some pretty legendary names. So I think that he definitely deserves to to be in that company. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, frankly, I miss him. I mean, Andre Markov, you just say the yeah, name, and it just it kind of strikes, kind of strikes something in the mind. Like you love the guy because he was just he was so good. You just grew attached to him as a Habs fan, and uh, he was one of those beacons. Like you never saw anything bad about him anywhere, right? He was just mm-hmm. always just he's fucking carrying the puck up the ice. Uh, he was a puck mover uh, and uh, and, and a, such a smart player on the ice. He's just remarkable. Um, I'm upset that we didn't get an extra maybe one or two years that he totally could have played in the NHL. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wish him all the best in retirement and uh, only good things to say about that guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it was Eric Engels who said like uh, he was he was making a list of all the defensemen who Andre Markov made much richer richer than they should have been, and the one that he mentioned was Alexi Emelin, who ended up getting like I don't like uh, some fifteen sixteen million dollar four year contract with the Canadians. I also remember in Markov's last year, he was I, he started the year next to Weber, and it was a pairing that worked decently well. Then for whatever reason, Michelle Terrien decided to go with Alexi Emelin next to Shea Weber as the top pairing, and. It, Certainly didn't work out as well, and then even Claude Julien kept that pairing going throughout most of the end of the season. So, a little bit of a frustrating memory. Yeah, he's got a weird history recently with these defensemen and their deployment. It's all pretty sketchy. Uh, the only I have good, the only one good memory I really have of Lexi Yellman is when he got taken in the expansion draft because uh, we're gonna lose like Charles <laughs> Udon. So, uh, yeah, shout out to that. But uh, yeah, it's just that that whole he totally he made the players. That was the thing, right? He made all the players on the ice that were with him. He made them better. He made his defense partners way better, as you mentioned. You know, he got them all rich. And, uh, yeah, so speaking of, if we can move off this Markov, uh, unless you have anything else to add. Um, move, you're saying moving on to another rich defenseman? Sorry, exactly. Moving on to another overpaid defenseman. Uh, from Yemlin to newly signed Marcos Candela. Uh, noted Montreal Canadian for a little while there. Uh, for about a month when we got him last season. We talked about Berger. He got a free second or an upgrade from a fourth to a second. Well, let me tell you, with this extension that he just signed with the Blues, four years, uh, $13.1 million total, uh, the Habs actually get a four, another fourth-round pick. So it ends up being that they really do get a free second-round pick. So uh, I think that's a side thing for the Habs. But let's talk about the signing because I think we both agree that it's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, so we're talking about, uh, it's pretty much confirmed at this point, it's going to be a flat cap for next year. And everyone's talking about all these these free agents, the big-name free agents, Taylor Hall, Alex Petrangelo, Tori Krug, that aren't going to get as much money as they necessarily expected they would get because of this flat cap now. Uh, but then you've still got these depth players like Marco Scandella. He, he is the first one, but I feel like this might be the precursor to a pattern. Teams are trying to, to lock down these depth players instead of trying to secure the stars. So Marco Scandella, first of all, I feel like if we were expecting player salaries uh, in free agency to go lower than they otherwise would have, uh, that doesn't seem to be the case, at least if we're looking at this Mark- Marco Scandella contract as a, as a precursor. Um, because $3.25 million is just is way too much for this caliber of player, even for the, the perceived player that he is. Like, I know we watched him for about a month and a half with the Canadians, and the general consensus was, hmm, this guy, I guess, maybe isn't as bad as he was with the Sabres. And I think we both mentioned we weren't necessarily so impressed with him. Like, as a bottom pair defenseman, I would probably say eh, eh, just okay. Like even as like a number five or six, like nothing to write home about. And then the Blues go sign him to this this four year deal. I think he's what like twenty nine or thirty years old, so he's, he's not necessarily super young still. And three point two five million dollars. Like I feel like that's the kind of money that you would give to like I don't know at least a a, a decent second pair defenseman. I don't think Marco Scandella is that either. The the other thing, the only other thing that like people are talking about is that the blues really aren't confident that they can sign Petrangelo, especially with, you know, no rise in the salary cap. So they're trying to, they kind of made this desperate pitch to lock down Marco Scandella instead. Obviously there's no comparison between Alex Petrangelo, who's one of the best defensemen in the NHL and Marco Scandella, who well, isn't at all, but like if they want to like round out their six, they at least now with Petrangelo have six NHL defensemen. But I don't know. It just it just feels feels weird all around. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the rationale uh, was for giving Marco Scandella this contract. Honestly, uh, every single factor you could possibly possibly mention when it comes to a contract negotiation should lead to a much lower contract. Uh, you mentioned the situation obviously right now where the flat cap 
right? So why are you going ahead and giving this guy $3.25 million when the caliber of player is nowhere near, not even close? I mean, honestly, I think I'd consider paying the guy $1 million, maybe one and a half, maybe two tops. Uh, $3 million is way too much. You give the term, all right, in four years, I don't know what you're doing. Marco Scandell is a bottom pair defenseman. We saw him firsthand on the halves uh, with a pretty shaky defense score, and he was still a number five, number six. And so, yeah, he was better than we thought, but that's still not very good. And uh, so I'm not I'm not too sure where this is coming from. I mean, this is a team, the Blues, where they are cup contenders, right? They just won last year. And so they can use all the cash space they can get, especially with this flat cap situation. So I don't know what they're doing, burning all this money on Marco Scandella. This is a four-year commitment. It's not a one-year thing either. Uh, as you mentioned, he's not young. He's like 30. And so, yeah, from every angle, honestly, like you can... I, I, you brought up the Petrangelo thing, but really, honestly, as you mentioned, it doesn't compare at all. You can't really, you're losing Petrangelo if that's what you think. You can't really replace him with Marco Scandella. And frankly, we talk about the draft, draft pick competition as well. Uh, they signed for a four year contract, $30.1 million, and they have to give another fourth round pick to Montreal just for re signing him. And so it's just a whole bunch of crap. You totally could have signed the guy off the street. Uh, in this free agent market, almost definitely an equal caliber for way cheaper, but probably less turn at this point, just because, you know, the market is, is not going to be as great for these free agents, unfortunately. So, yeah, I just I don't understand the signing from Doug Armstrong here. Uh, I don't think he was anything special with the Blues. And so, yeah, I, I thought he was wholeheartedly mediocre and replaceable on this Blues team. But apparently Doug Armstrong disagrees with me. The only other thing I could think of is if either Petrangelo has already made it clear to the Blues that he's going to leave, which I don't know why he would do that. Because, well, I guess you never know what could be going on behind the scenes, but like, well, he was the captain of the team, just won a Stanley Cup last year. Uh, or if the Blues have already decided, yeah, we're not going to, it's not worth it to clear the $10 million in cap space for Petrangelo. So they've already moved on from him. I don't, I wouldn't agree with that rationale either because I feel like that's the kind of player that you have to, you know, find a way to make room for. That's a superstar defenseman that doesn't really come along very often. They do have Colin Pareko and Justin Falk still, so the defense wouldn't exactly be a weakness, but I don't know. It still it still seems weird to me. But even even if they do lose Petrangelo, they know that Petrangelo's leaving. I mean, what does Marco Scandella have to do with anything? I understand you'd like some sort of continuity, but uh, Marco Scandella's not an integral part of the team. He's been on the team for two months. What did he show you in two months that you had to keep him? Even with the additional cap space, you could have totally bought somebody off the market that's way cheaper and almost definitely better than Marco Scandella. Like, okay, you're losing Petrangelo, you want to get a defenseman, but why Marco Scandella of all people? I understand he's been on your team for a couple months, but I don't think that's worth the resigning here, even with that angle, uh, even if you take that perspective. Yeah, yeah, actually, he was on the Blues for less than a, less than a month, really. If you're only counting the games he actually played, because well, he went there a couple days before the trade deadline, and season was postponed March 12th. So that's that's under a month. So yeah, exactly. So what could you possibly, you know, and and yeah, so and we talked about the trade return too when it happened. We were absolutely elated for the Habs because we felt oh, yeah. like the Blues overpaid. So you're overpaying, and then you're overpaying twice, and you're overpaying three times. So, right, because you, you got to pay the draft pick, a second draft pick now at this point. You got to give him that contract. It's just, uh, it just seems like an all-around loss here for the Blues. And honestly, I, I don't see this panning out for them in the long term. Yeah, I'm always blown away when, like, when a team makes a trade that involves a conditional draft pick on the condition that you re-sign the player, especially when it's a depth player like Scandala. You think, all right, what's the like? What could possibly be the benefit of re-signing them, even to a, a relatively team-friendly deal, when it would be pretty easy to find a comparable player and in free agency that wouldn't cost as much and wouldn't cost a draft pick. And then when they actually go out and sign the extension, like they have in this case, they're just giving away a fourth-round pick, basically. Yeah, exactly. I think at this, yeah, like when trade wise, you kind of throw in the conditional fourth. Uh, I, I think when the GMs do that, it's with the expectations that they probably don't resign them because it's like that conditional pick is sort of an asset, but it can be, it can end up being nothing if you don't resign the guy. So ideally, I mean, if I was a GM, what I would do is I would dangle those conditionals on the resigning and then I just wouldn't resign the guy, especially on a depth piece like Marco Scandella. And so, yeah, just honestly, it just seems so bad. I mean, I don't. This is just one of those signings. Uh, maybe not as bad as Carl Osner, but like it's just one of those things where you can't really find the good point. The day was signed. Yeah. We're not. He hasn't even played it like a game with this new contract. We can already tell it's going to be bad. There's no. The ceiling for this is very low for a guy like Marco Scandella. 
I mean, come on. What are we doing here? It's just, it's the, the contract is kind of ridiculous. And then this kind of move by a GM, uh, it makes me wonder, like, could I fucking do this job better than him? Because this contract is really stupid. Yeah, uh, we should we should mention uh, congratulations to Marco Scandella though for securing such a, such a nice contract in a, in a time when most players of his caliber are probably on pretty shaky ground, especially heading into free agency. So good for him to secure that money for a pretty decent term too. A uh, pretty nice guy who uh, I think we mentioned uh, you happened to to meet back way way back at your elementary school, and one of our friends is also acquainted with somewhat. Yeah, exactly. So if you're if you're a free agent, you gotta call Marco and be like, "Yo, what'd you do, bro? What what, what happened? How did you get so much money? Who's your agent? I want to switch agents to your agent at this point. I, I expect that guy's gonna get a bunch of clients because uh, for getting four years, three something million for Marco Scandella. Uh, I mean, if I'm Alex Petrangelo, hello. Uh, I think I found myself a new agent. Yeah, well, so we, uh, Montreal now has uh, 14 draft picks in 2020, which that hasn't changed, and 11 in 2021. So they actually have, in this upcoming draft, whenever that's going to be, two times as many draft picks as the average team would. And in 2021, they also have four more than the average, so 2021. So that's uh, quite a – they're going to be loading up their prospect pool even more in the coming two drafts. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's crazy, actually. I saw that, I saw that number, 14. And it only really hit just now when you said it out loud. 14 draft picks. That's a shit ton of draft picks. I'm not going to lie. Uh, do, you have the, do you have the round breakdown for those draft picks? Yeah. Yeah. So they have their own first rounder. In the second round, they have their own. They have Chicago's from the Andrew Shaw trade. And they have St. Louis's from the Scandella trade. In, in round three, they have their own. And Washington's from the Kovalchuk trade. Round four... They have their own. They have Anaheim's from the Nick Deloria trade, if you'll remember that. And then they have Winnipeg's from, I think that would be the Steve Mason, Joel Armia trade. Then in round five, they have Florida's and their own Florida's. I'm trying to figure out. I think that was something like from last year's draft where it was like, you know, we'll give you this year's fifth for next year's fifth, something like that. Then they have their own sixth rounder. They don't have their own seventh, but they have Chicago seventh from the Andrew Shaw trade. And they have Ottawa's seventh from the, the Matthew Pekka trade from, from this deadline. Wow. Okay. So we're just absolutely loaded, basically on every single round at this point. Uh, that's, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, so uh, looking for, I mean, sucks that we can't go watch all the Hasbeck these picks. Uh, I mean, would have been a great year to watch in Montreal, but oh well, uh, that's the way things are. But uh, I mean, yeah, this is going to be a huge year for the. Are you kidding me? Uh, we better fucking nail it again. I mean, we we we've done pretty. Bergman has done pretty well in the last two drafts. Uh, he needs to do it again because he just has so many picks. And we see with the draft a lot frequently. You know, it's just it's a crapshoot, right? A lot, especially with the later rounds. And the more picks, the better. You get more shots. You get more kicks at the can. And so, uh, yeah, excited for this draft. Do you, what, it's in June, right? Or have they not announced the date? Oh. No, they, well, it was postponed. So because oh. they probably won't have uh, a final verdict on the season until like I don't even know, maybe like till the end of June. And uh, even if if they do get going again, which is kind of a possibility, they might not have the draft even till like September or August if that's when the when the season ends. So it's, we really have no idea. Um, right. I was gonna say I was gonna say something else about the the draft. Uh, judging by judging by Bergevin's, uh recent patterns, tactics at the draft with with uh, trading down, which I'm obviously a fan of, uh, they might end up with even more fourteen, more than fourteen picks when all is said and done. If they end up trading these these second rounders down into the third round, and you know, or or whatever they choose to do, so it could be quite a, it could maybe break a record of having a, I don't I don't know what I feel like it's nineteen the record of. Most picks in one draft. I don't know, but maybe that's the wrong number. Just uh, feel like that's in the back of my head somewhere. Yeah, it's a little like out for. I mean, uh, yeah, trading down always a good move. Uh, you you usually get way more value, especially in the NHL draft, where it's way more of a crapshoot than you know other other leagues typically. And so mm-hmm. yeah, draft well drafts in general are pretty basically just a lottery. But you know, go go bird and make those trade downs. Uh, don't trade out for the love of God. Nobody nobody's that good really. Uh, unless it's Alex Lafreniere. Lafreniere, yeah, okay. Well, when we're talking second round, I think you knew, you can bear to the, the, the stay put or trade down. Anyways, uh, so so that wraps it up yeah, on the half like, Yeah. Wait, I feel I sh- I wanted to mention I showed you this this tweet I saw. I think it was about football, but I think it could apply to hockey too. How 
Um, the scouts usually would be all together, like all the all the amateur scouts for all the teams would like somewhat be watching games together or interacting together on some level on you know the draft floor or whatever. Well, it's not the draft floor, but whatever. They're they're acquainted with one another, so generally they start forming like some sort of consensus about some players. Which even that to the outside fan who just sees like all the consensus like Bob McKenzie rankings and not from like individual scouts it looks like every year you say, wow, that player went too high. Wow, that player's slipping. And But a lot of people think that it could possibly be even more pronounced this year because not only are, you know, scouts, there's no like Memorial Cup or playoffs in any league to watch, which scouts obviously take very, you know, take that heavily into consideration when ranking a player as their performance in the playoffs. But also the scouts aren't spending any time together to like, you know, share thoughts about a player. So it could be an even crazier like crazier draft than we're used to seeing in terms of like, wow, that player who the consensus ring had going like, I don't know, 50 ended up going number 16 overall. I don't know. Or players slipping way, way further than you would have expected. Yeah, absolutely. I think they canceled the combine. I think that's a, it's a big opportunity in terms of, you know, we're talking about a lot of the, the scouting brain trust in the AHL showing up in one place and really just watching the prospects, you know, get, getting to know them through interviews and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, they, they don't spend nearly as much time together. I think that's that's the biggest thing, right? You talk about playoffs, you talk about combine. The, these scouts are in the same room. Uh, they're hockey people, so I'm guessing they just start talking and they start whatever, and then all of a sudden you see the consensus and you see the draft board really falling that way for a lot of these teams. However, yeah, I am excited for this kind of thing where really now you get to see which scouting departments are really doing their job and what you know what others are really lacking in that sort of department. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see the, the, the big swings and the, the big reaches, the big fallers. Uh, and uh, when it comes to the NFL draft, it's actually this week. It's on the 23rd. It runs from Thursday to Saturday. Uh, I'm very excited for the NFL draft, just like the NHL, uh, or, or actually the tweet was about the NFL, I think. Uh, it's just we won't see much consensus at all, probably. They had the combine, but a big part of these college scouting for, for, for football is the pro days so basically uh each college holds like a day for all of its you know graduating players and they all do their drills there and that's a big part of you know scouts meeting and, and getting together in the same place they don't have as many player interviews anymore where they're where they're drafting potential uh they're interviewing potential draftees and so when we're talking about teams you know did you do your homework and are you just not you know are you just are you going with a consensus or are you actually doing your work here uh i think we'll i think we'll really get to see what's happening both in the NFL and the NHL, just because, you know, as you said, there won't nearly be as much consensus. Yeah. Uh, so I think you wanted to, to move on to the other piece of news. There's a lot of hockey news this week, actually. Kind of a little bit refreshing to, to get a couple little tidbits of news. Markov retired, Scandella signing an extension, and also uh, Dustin Bufflin. We kind of saw this coming from, I'd say, a couple months away or maybe even more. Uh, co- that contract with the Winnipeg Jets has finally been, been terminated. Uh, we still don't really know much about the, the full story behind it or why Dustin Bufflin, you know, wanted to uh, – well, 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 I don't barely remember anymore, honestly. He wa- what is it like he wanted to take a pause from the Jets? And I know the official thing was the Jets ended up suspending him without pay. I think it was something to do with Bufflin, like, I don't know, not reporting or considering retirement. I feel like that was that was the first thing, considering retiring. So he was taking a pause. Uh, I feel like that is probably going to be what ends up happening, that he retires. But there are this, there's a possibility that he ends up, you know, signing some sort of PTO or one-year contract with the team whenever next season is about to start. Yeah, this is this is this marks the end of a very weird saga when it comes to Dustin Bufflin this year. It just seems that like there's been a narrative that pops up every once every while we talk about it, where it's just another tidbit when it comes to Dustin Bufflin because. Frankly, he's been totally off the grid this season. I mean, we start off the season where, you know, he's not reporting and what's all this about. Uh, I think the, the biggest part of it was we heard that he was suffering from some sort of uh, ankle ailment where yeah, yeah. that kind of, that kind of, that, that he got in the playoffs last year or something like that. He suffered last year. He didn't think the Jets managed it so great. And then, but they didn't put him on LTIR because he didn't tell the Jets about his injury. And so that's why they suspended him without pay. And then, there was this, this and that and, and all these rumors flying about because really we, we didn't really know much about this whole situation. And uh, yeah, now it comes out that they're terminating the contract. Uh, very interesting. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing at this point is, uh, is this 
is he just not does he not want to play with the Jets anymore and he's willing to play with another one so I think I think the main thing now is is this guy a free agent or is he just going to sail into retirement uh what do you think at this point I know I know we were really lacking any sort of information but do you have any sort of vibe going into next season uh I don't know I feel like well I kind of don't I'm trying to think of any team that would want to to take a flyer on him I mean I mean I'm sure that there would be a lot of interest uh it's hard to gauge though like if Bufflin would want to I mean because we don't know the state of his ankle injury right which obviously plays a big role in that and it was probably the main reason why he was uh you know considering retirement if he does we have it properly or a surgery I have no idea then maybe I could see him making a comeback. I don't know how good he would be after a full year off or maybe even more. Um, I'm sure a lot of teams would probably be interested in Bufflin, who would also probably be, be pretty cheap. Like, I don't know, like the Leafs come to mind. You know, obviously they're the whole, whole on right defense that's going to reopen when Tyson Berry presumably leaves in free, agent, free agency. And uh, I don't know, the Oilers, lots of teams could definitely use help on right defense from a, from a player like Dustin Bufflin. Um, the, the only question is if he'll even be, you know, up to, up to snuff after such a long time off, especially, you know, with that angle injury. And also I think he's like 35 now. So lots of question marks. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest variable at this point is whether he, the player, him, he wants to come back. And so I think, I think teams are definitely worth, uh, are going to want to take a flyer on this guy. If he announces, you know, I'm a free agent, I'll come back next year, you know, give me a contract for a year or so because he was fine. It, it seemed the year before, Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, there was, was some regression, but he was great. And then this whole ankle injury comes out and, you know, it's like it came out of nowhere, this whole narrative where he didn't want to play anymore or, you know, he's being suspended. And so the year before he was fine. So uh, I don't know. It's just it's a very weird situation. So I think at this point, uh, if you're Bufflin, you make a decision. And I think the teams will come. I think the teams will come if he announces he's, he's willing to play. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of hard to talk about this whole Bufflin situation. It has been all year because it feels like we don't know 95% of the, the information about his injury, about his intentions. So so it's kind of all just shrouded in mystery. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, we're just speculating, right? Because it's just it's one of those stories where nothing really comes out. Uh, honestly, in this day and age, it doesn't really happen. You usually get all the details at some point. Some, some reporter gets all the details somehow. But uh, with this whole Bufflin situation, it's kind of been the, the big the big events, the, like the suspension and all that, they come out. But when it comes to details or reasoning or whatever, it just seems that the whole hockey world, other than Dustin Bufflin and the team, are kind of left guessing. It could also be that maybe even Dustin Bufflin like, hasn't made up his mind if he wants to play. Because I think that was the kind of the thing at the beginning of the year, contemplating retirement. There's a chance maybe he's still just, you know, wanted to take the year off and he still hasn't decided yet if he wants to come back or not. So as so, no, I was talking about us not knowing his intentions, maybe he's not even sure yet either. Yeah. Those are hard miles on Dustin, Bob, uh, Dustin Bufflin's body. I mean, this guy plays physical. Uh, he's probably one of the most physical guys in the NHL when he does play in terms of defenseman. Uh, he's big and he, he, he hits hard. And so, yeah, I understand the, the concerns for his body, especially like an ankle like that. I mean, you're putting a lot of weight on that when you're skating. And so, yeah, if you don't want to be playing in pain all season. So, yeah, I, I totally see Dustin Bufflin still contemplating this kind of big decision. I mean, do I want to go through the grind of an 82-game season plus playoffs? Hopefully. Uh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't know either. And so, yeah, I think I think definitely there's a, there's a likelihood that he, even Bufflin himself uh, hasn't really figured out what's happening for him uh, in the future. But when it comes to the saga with the Jets... I mean, I, I still don't know what's happened, to be totally frank with you. Uh, I just know that it's over. Yeah. Uh, all right, so those are kind of the, the three big pieces of news this week. There are also a couple smaller things. Jonas Corposalo signed an extension with Columbus, and I think St. Louis also extended Sammy Blay. A couple smaller little little contracts there. Uh, but not much else besides those three. So um, I do have a piece of trivia for you, Taisei, this week, and it is Andre Markov themed. So, are you ready to jump oh, into right. that? Yeah, very topical, very topical. Let's go. Yeah, so uh, Andre Markov, uh, as you might know, has 990 career games played to his name, all of them with Montreal, very close to a thousand. Uh, he finished his career with 119 goals, 453 assists, and 572 points. That's the the very important number for this quiz: 572 points. Uh, which uh, 
by the way, lands him 47th all-time among defensemen, uh, just into the top 50. So so very, very impressive end for Andre Markov. Uh, and with 572 points, I'll repeat it again. So how this quiz is going to work, I am going to name you a defenseman, and you are going to tell me if they have more or fewer career points than Andre Markov. All right. All right, let's go. All let's right. get it going. I get it. All I, right, here we go. I've got, I've got 10 defensemen on this list, and I think – I'm not sure if I want seven or eight to be the uh, the passing grade. So I, I feel like maybe seven. Seven? Okay. Seven, seven sounds pretty reasonable at this point. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, seven, seven out of ten. So I'll name the defenseman, and you tell me if they have more – then Andre Marcos, 572 or less. All right, so the first one on the list is Brent Burns. Brent Burns. Um, so I know that wasn't he a forward at one point in his career? Like, do we count those or uh, what? what's the deal there? Yeah, his total career points. Okay. So, uh, yeah, given the fact that he was a forward for a solid chunk with Minnesota there, um, Brent Burns. Very consistent point producer up until this last season where it was kind of horse crap. But before then, uh, if you were playing fantasy, you wanted Brent Burns. So given that, uh, I'll take the over on this one. Correct. You're one for one. Brent Burns right now has 694 career points. Oh, let's go. Next, number two, we got Zdeno Chara. Fuck. Zdeno Chara. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking. I look at the name. I'm very tempted. To say over, wait just a second. I don't know. The thing is, right? He's been on the power play for so long, but I don't. Has he really ever been a prolific point scorer? Uh, I don't freaking know. Uh, I just know that I don't like Zdeno Chara, and he's been there my entire life. Um, yeah, this one's a pretty. I don't like it. I don't like this question. Not gonna lie. Uh, actually, just based on the longevity. Oh, he's been in the league for like twenty years for crying out loud. I think I'll take the over again. Correct. Two let's for go. two. That's where I can go. All right. All right. You're two for two. Off to a pretty good start. Uh, let's see if you can Damn keep right. it going. Number three, Tim Horton. Ah, oh, fucking Christ. Tim Horton. Are you kidding me? What the hell do I know about Tim Horton? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, he's got a coffee line named after him, so he's got to be some kind of good. Or maybe he's just a good businessman. I'm pretty sure he's in the Hall of Fame at this point. Uh, but, like, he's it's so old. It's so old. Tim Horton. Are you kidding me? He played for the Leafs. I mean, he's an all-timer. Uh, the points came. I, like, I don't even know what era he played in. Did he play dead puck? Did he play, like, uh, goals are coming down all the time? Oh, he, no, he's yeah. way before the dead puck. He played in, like, the okay. 50s, I think. 50s, right. 60s. So, like, I didn't even fucking know. Um, all I know is he has a bunch of coffee named after him. And so, uh, based on that, I mean, Timmy's isn't going so well right now in the world. I mean, the reputation has kind of been shot. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, I'm just, I'm going to have to take the under on this one. Correct. Let's go. Let's go. Tim Horton had 518 career points compared to Marcos 572. So you are now three for three. Wow. Wow. We're really rolling today. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Number number four, we've got Chris Letang. Oh. Oh, Chris Letang. Uh, noted number one defenseman forever. Yeah, I mean, Chris Letang. He's Chris Letang. He's been here forever. He scores points. He's the number yeah. one guy in the power play. I will take the over. Smashing the over. Wrong. Ah, son of a crap. Okay. Guess he's not that old. Chris Letang. Crystal Tang right now has 537 points. He will pass Markov eventually. I think that's a pretty safe bet that he'll pass him eventually, but but not yet. So you are now three for four in this quiz. Number five, uh, Dion Phaneuf. Okay. Well, Dion Phaneuf. All right. That's interesting. Uh, I just like to say, Crystal Tang, we're really straddling the border there at 534, but you know. Okay. We'll let it pass. Uh, and uh, so Dion Phaneuf. Very interesting. Um, so he was he was really good. He was underrated for a long time. And because I think his, his legacy was kind of tainted by the fact that he kind of fell apart in those later years, uh, unfortunately for him. But he was really damn good. 
for a long time, Dion Phaneuf. I don't think he reached the level of Markov, though. So I'm going to take the under on this one. Correct. Dion Phaneuf had 494 okay. career points. Well, let's go. Let's go. We're rolling. We're kind of good at this. Four for five. Yeah. All right. Next on our list, Shea Weber. Okay. Shea Weber. Um, that's that's a toughie. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. Wait, what's the board again? 572? 572. Okay, 572. So, Shea Weber. Fuck. That's hard. Because Markov's older than Weber. Yes. But, I mean, Weber has been an absolute monster for basically his entire career. Um, but, like, if you think about it, Shea Weber really, he doesn't get that many points. I mean, he did this year, but then he got Norris consideration. So, it's like, what's happening? So, like, you know, like, that kind of season's out of the ordinary. Um, Shea Weber just feels like he hasn't put, and again, like, he signed that 14-year offer sheet. So, like, he's been in the league that long. I mean, 500 points. Let's math this one up. 572 points. Um, you just kind of, you just kind of divide that. How many, how many 30, 50 point seasons is that? At 10, 50 point seasons. Um, Shea Weber, 11. Okay, I can't even math at this point. That's how deep we are into this quarantine. Uh, 500. So 11 seasons. Yeah, I don't know about that, Shay. I think I'm gonna. Yeah, this one's hard because, like, I feel like I should know it because he's like the number one defenseman I have here. But uh, it's I don't know. This one's hard. It just fuck. I'm gonna take the under. You are correct. Let's go. Let's go. Shay Weber so far has 570 career points. Two fewer than Andre Markov. Are you serious? Two fewer? Yes. And you're giving me that yes. question? That's like hardly it's hardly fair. That's hardly fair. Anyways, I got it. But if I didn't, is, I would have been I would playing under protest right now. This is payback for that time you were like a year ago today, who had who who had like the the biggest uh what, what I don't remember what it was, the biggest climb in points from a year ago today, and there was like one difference between like Philadelphia and Colorado or something. This that was that was that question, that was payback for that. And you got it right. So it isn't even good payback. So, uh, yeah, anyway, well, we're even next, next, we got Shea Weber's longtime defensive partner with Nashville, Ryan Suter. Ah, oh, shit. Ryan Suter? Uh, yeah, no, I'll take the under. I don't, I, I just, the vibes. Wrong. Ryan Suter has 588 uh, career points. 588! That's so close to 572. This is hardly fair. It's like two in a row. You give me the Weber, and I give me the Suter, and they're only 16 points? No, come on. But fine, I guess. Uh, we're at five out of seven now, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, but, uh, five out of seven. You can't be complaining when you're you're five out of seven. I think I can complain. There's three left, and if you get two of them okay. right, then uh, then you win. So next right. one on our list, we, we've got R- Randy Carlisle. Okay. All right. Randy Carlisle. Um, first of all, I didn't even know he was a defenseman. Second of all, I didn't even know he played in the NHL. Uh, so <laughs> that's not... So we don't have a I know like I know this guy's a coach and everything, but like uh I mean he played in the NHL and he he was so like I didn't even know this guy like what? What like when did he even play? He played, he played over he played over a thousand games uh from this from nineteen seventy six up until nineteen ninety three with Toronto, Pittsburgh and the old Winnipeg Jets. Well, fucking Randy Carlisle. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the psychology game a bit with you. Uh, I think you're trolling me, uh, and uh, by by putting a guy who doesn't seem like he'd be a very good hockey player because he's a coach now and he's not a very good coach either. I think, uh, and uh, so I'm gonna take the over. I think you're trying to sneak one past me here. Correct. Randy Carla had 647 career points. That's where you're going to go. That's where you're going to go. What do you know? What do you know? Let's go. Uh, wait, I want to check something about, about Randy Carlisle. I don't know if my mind is playing tricks on me, but I feel like either maybe his numbers retired by the Jets or he might be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Carlisle's in the Hall of Fame? Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, oh, look that up. Oh, he's in, yeah. the, he's in the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame. He's in the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame. 
Okay. Yeah, this is for, this is from October 2019. Winnipeg Jets add Randy Carlisle and Thomas Steen to their Hall of Fame. So uh, yeah, Randy Carlisle was a very good defenseman. I had so, no idea. Uh, you are now six for eight. So you're you're oh. you're on track. You just got to get oh. one of these two right. Game so this is actually this this is game point right here for you. This hey, is game Jesus point. Christ. You gotta put the Ready? pressure on me like that. I'm gonna choke. I'm a hundred percent gonna choke. But let's go. Let's go. Thomas Caberle. Oh fucking Christ, Thomas Caberle. Um, look, Thomas Caberle was like all right his entire career. He was all right. Uh, he was with Montreal. He was pretty bad. With Toronto, he was there a long time, but I'm pretty sure he was just all right. I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking back to my NHL 2K10, which uh, news updated broke down. So, like, I have no hockey to play anymore. Sad news. Uh, but uh, he's not very good. He's not very good. So, uh, I'm going to take the under. Ding, 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 ding. You win. Thomas oh, Carroll Oh, wow. Another freaking borderline straddler. Uh, the disrespect uh, with this quiz, uh, I resent it big time. But, big dog. Let's freaking go. Do you want to try the last one to see if you can get 8 on 10? Yeah, let's see if I can Let's hit that second score. one. Yeah. All right. Last last one, Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel. Okay. That's a very interesting one. But I, I feel like Keith Yandel has been drafted pretty recently, like, like relatively speaking. I think he's drafted, like, I don't know, 12-something years ago. Uh, has he had the time to accumulate Markov points? I don't think so. Uh, smashing the under on this one. Uh, wrong. Uh, Keith Yandel oh, wow. has five, 573 career points. You were you were really gonna you were really gonna play <laughs> me with that on the fucking last yeah. question. You you put the freaking Shea Weber yeah, on the final question. You found the one guy who had one point away from Andre Markov, and you put him as a last question in case. Okay, that's that's okay. This is uh, I think I think I think we can both agree here. You're the more uh, this is some shady quiz making tactics right here. Um, and uh, if I do make a quiz next year, uh, next week, very likely, uh, you can you can uh, expect a lot of trap cards coming your way. Uh, Five seventy three. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it didn't count because uh, uh, I think I might have just logged off if you would, if, if I lost on that one. Did you like how I put I put Shane Weber around the middle so you thought the really tricky one was out of the way and then I, I hit you with <laughs> Keith Handel at the end? Wow, wow. Okay, this guy had a whole plan. He had a whole plan to get me to lose. And I, I was still, you. <laughs> I still persevered. All right. Yeah, uh, despite work. the Randy, despite the Randy Carlisle, the Tim Horton, you fucking put Tim Horton on the quiz. Outrageous. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and fucking Keith Yandel. God damn it. When was Keith Yandel drafted, by the way? I think, I feel like he was 2005 draft. So that would be more than wow, 12 years okay. ago. 15 years yeah, ago. Okay. Uh, so actually, so I see this list uh, where I, where I, that I went to make the quiz with Andre Markov at number 47 all time. And I see right above him, Keith Yandel 573. I'm not going to just ignore that and not put it on the quiz. And then Shea Weber, just two two points behind him. I can't ignore that. You're lucky I didn't also put Kimo Timonen with 571 on the quiz because I very, very easily could have done that also. All right. I, I, I okay. scared you. Well, I pitied you a little bit. I, actually, Kimo Timonen. I mean, this guy, I would have totally smashed the under on that one. So uh, I think you're not giving me enough credit when it comes to this um, because I would have totally nailed the Kimo Timonen question. Uh, so you should have put it on. And, uh, yeah, you can, you can see right. something coming next week where uh, we're going to be going three seasons back on April 21, and I'm going to be asking for <laughs> what the games were and who won each playoff series, uh, who won game four of each playoff series. Uh, maybe you'll see that coming your way. So uh, I'd recommend wow. to start studying for that. I'm very. I'm looking forward to that. That that honestly sounds like a lot of fun. Just see see how if I can rack my brain to remember playoff series from, from relatively recent memory. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know if that'll be the quiz because I've kind of spoiled it at this point. So uh, maybe we'll switch it up. Maybe we'll make it seven years ago. Uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, how I feel. We'll see how I feel Friday night uh, when I'm prepping this. All right. So uh, that so that's that trivia for the, for this week. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so I guess it's time for our, our weekly personal checkup. Uh, what have you been up to this past week? How has life been? Uh, 
So, it's been much of the same, to be totally honest. Not many updates when it comes to updates. Uh, I started baking a new type of bread. Started baking some pita. I was on baguette for a couple of weeks there. Uh, mixed it up with some pita. Not gonna lie. It came out absolutely bonkers. Uh, it was delicious. And so, uh, yeah. Bacon bread. That's the shit. Get some yeast, get some flour, and uh, make the pita. Let me tell you, you look that shit up. It's really easy. Um, so, for you, Alex... And for all you listeners out there, uh, if you're still listening, bake some pita while you listen to this podcast. Wow. All right. Uh, so that, that sounds like a pretty eventful, eventful time, making more food. Uh, my, my knowledge of cooking kind of starts and ends at making a bowl of Cheerios in the morning. But, uh, <laughs> but that's, okay. <laughs> that's okay. No, that's okay. I, I can do other things. I can, I can do craft dinner without burning myself. So not, not too bad, honestly. I, I can live with that, at least for now. Uh, so I have been doing uh, well. You know, honestly, schoolwork is a lot worse this week than it was last last week at this time. I have stuff to do, especially like after I'm done recording. Oh, it's terrible just thinking about it. Anyway, but besides that, actually, um, I started watching a Disney cartoon called Milo Murphy's Law that I haven't really watched much of, which is actually it's the same two creators as Phineas and Ferb. So basically, anyone who's familiar with it, Phineas and Ferb, like basically everything goes absolutely perfectly and nothing ever really goes wrong with them. And Milo Murphy's Law is kind of like the opposite, which maybe you could have inferred from the title involving Murphy's Law. Basically, he's always projecting negative energy everywhere and like things are falling around and destroying and like bolts are coming undone and, you know, starting fires, all that kind of thing. It's a cartoon. I find it to be really, really funny, this kind of kind of thing. I don't know how much you would enjoy it, but uh, but whatever. Also, I played a little bit of uh, Mario Kart Wii the other day. That was fun. Also, I don't know, you might have, some people listening to this might have saw this on ABC a couple nights ago. They had like a, a Disney family sing-along, which was like kind of stupid, but I watched it anyway because I didn't really have anything to do and I like Disney. It was the kind of thing like you can probably expect like these random, like, you know, A-list celebrities just singing Disney songs from their house. Like, you know, Ariana Grande was on there. She sang a song from Hercules. Lady Antebellum was there. Uh, Darren Chris sang, um, sang I Want to Be Like You from the Jungle Book. So, I mean, it was a little bit entertaining. And then at, at the end, they had on, like, most of the high school musical cast. And they sang We're All in This Together. Which, to be totally honest, I, I love that song. You might know this about me. I'm kind of a high school musical enthusiast. But I feel like using that song as... Uh, the COVID-19 anthem is kind of in poor taste because if, well, if you've seen the movie, you know that that song is a, a celebration scene at the end of the movie. Not, not to mention the first line is actually here and now it's time for celebration. So I don't know, it might, might be in poor taste. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's just my opinion. If no one's really listening to the lyrics beyond the title, we're all in this together. Uh, okay. All right. I think you got a point there. I think you got a point there. And I want to, one more shout out on my end here. Uh, you talk about Finnis and Ferb. Um, you're running that bracket. Uh, I just want to endorse one particular song. Uh, a notable, a noted as uh, underdog, 16 seed in this bracket. He upset a one seed. It's the song Carl the Intern. Uh, if you haven't checked it out uh, on Alex's Instagram, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm pretty sure he. You can vote for him right now if you vote quick enough. If you listen to this podcast fast enough. Carl the Intern. Uh, vote Carl the Intern. He's a 16 seed. I don't know if he's winning or losing right now. Uh, but that dude's a stud. The song rocks. And uh, full endorsement. Wow, uh, I love that. So, uh, so right now it's in the the Sweet Sixteen, and Carl the intern is going up against Summer. Where do we begin? Which is the five seed of Quadrant Four. Uh, I I usually close the, the close the polls at around four p.m. Right now it is is almost noon. The podcast should be up at like one. So maybe maybe just maybe anyone li- listens to this will possibly you know take take note of your endorsement. It's a, a pretty close vote right now, actually. Not going to lie. I'm not going to reveal the exact numbers, but it's definitely not over one way or the other. Okay. So you heard it, folks. Fucking Carl the Intern smash that poll button. Uh, we want to get this guy to the win. Uh, it's it's the song of the it's the song of the show. Totally honest, it should be the theme song. I just wanna I just wanna make it clear. Tyce is the one who wants to get that one to the win. I personally was shocked and slightly distraught when Carl the Intern upset. You snuck your way right into my heart, which was the one seed in the in the first round. It it totally you know it rocked my world to be totally honest. Okay, well uh, you can go stick that and uh, go suck it, cause uh, Carl the Inter, <laughs> it's an unstoppable movement. Uh, I think it won with eighty something percent of the vote last last round. 
And so uh, I think this five seed doesn't really have a chance. And uh, yeah, so if you if you do go end up seeing that, vote as fast as possible and then keep voting. Your vote counts, uh, unlike, you know, regular elections. Uh, that's some shade there. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> vote for Carly Intern. Vote for Carly Intern. Uh, uh, full endorsement. And uh, let's let's see this guy to the win. How many times have you listened to Carl the Intern? Three times. Wow, I was expecting two to be totally. I was expecting two. You blew, you blew me away there. Do you remember any of the lyrics? Would you like to to grace our audience with your lovely singing? All right, um, Carl the Intern. I'm pretty sure there's. A, yeah, that's it. Um, so I'm pretty sure those are three words in the song. You can correct me if uh, the words Carl the Intern aren't in the lyrics, but uh, I, I only they really are. know three words. And it, well, what do you know? I'm a musical prodigy. Carl, the intern, let's go. Win the bracket. Um, so there we go. Uh, that's that's my singing for you. Uh, week four of this quarter, week five of this quarantine, that's what it's come to at this point. Uh, and, uh, I, I think so. If uh, Maybe, I don't know. It feels like forever, to be totally honest. Wait, no, wait so it started with March 12th was the Thursday, which means March, if my, my counting is right, 16th was the Monday. So on March 16th, 23rd march 30th was week three and then what would have been next april like six was that the monday i don't know yeah uh, sure. so, so that so that would be week four so now that would make us yeah we're only about to start week five wow yeah that's remarkable um it feels like i've been cooped up inside my house for a couple of years oh, now. no wait oh, no wait no done yeah. done week five starting week six Oh, but we're still technically in week five. Yeah, yeah, okay. Either way, um, that's what it's come to. We've lost all track of time. Uh, At this point, don't be surprised if the podcast, like, shows up on Thursday at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, So, uh, yeah, Uh, I think that wraps it up for this week. Anything you want to add before we go? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, pretty pretty good episode. Uh, that was fun. We had a little bit of news to talk about. A good Andre Markov trivia session. So, yeah, pretty successful. 52 minutes or so. Awesome. Uh, so uh, if you're still listening to us at this point, five weeks deep into quarantine, I mean, uh, thank you very much. We appreciate each and every one of them listens. Uh, so yeah, keep listening. Uh, bake some bread while you're at it, and then you'll be doing double the work. So uh, yeah, drop us a like, a subscription, and all that. Thank you very much. Stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you next week. This episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sanborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellers is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sanborn's Boys today.